All right, one of the fun things we often do around here is audience participation, and so I want to do that now. Audience participation. What are some examples of things that are new that appeal to us, that make us feel good, that are uh, that kind of uh, delight us or encourage us, just bring a smile to our face? What are some examples? A new car. A new car. Okay, brand new car makes you feel better. What is it back here? Babies. Newborns. Yeah, they call them newborns because they're newly born. Isn't that amazing? And yeah, there's just something about a newborn, something new. What else? Chicken. <laughs> that would be eggs, right? That would be eggs. <laughs> Chicken. What else? Is that new? That would be new, right? Financial security. So new car, new baby. Puppies. Kittens. Yeah, all of those things that are so cute. How about springtime? When the flowers are new, the buds come out, the grass is green. Um, how about... A new, uh, a new, newly fallen snow. Not enough to make the road slick, just enough to land on the, t you know, the, the roads stay dry, but everything else is kind of covered in white, yeah. What else? Meeting new people. What's that? Wedding days. Wedding days, yeah. Newlyweds, you know, yeah. This, everybody dresses up, looks good for the moment. So, yeah, new possessions, um, fresh coat of paint, or some of you, um, do you remember when you used to get a new box of crayons, yeah. open that, the new, you know, new smell, all that, all that stuff. There's something new. Daniel, new Bible. Hmm. Yep. That's good. Fresh. New song. <laughs> What'd you say? What'd you say? New tennis shoes. Okay, yeah, new. New. There's just something about new. Baptisms. Baptisms. Newly, freshly washed people. There's something about... <laughs> well, some of them, you don't know how long it's been, you know. <laughs> There's something about new that is rooted in our souls. Because there's a de desire in our souls for to be made new. And to uniquely and ultimately experience the new that God can do. So much of life in this, this material existence is an echo or a shadow or a reflection of that which is in heaven. And so oftentimes what, we, what touches us in this world is actually God getting our attention to point to something deeper, something more. So for a few minutes before the baptism candidates come up here and, and share, I wanted to talk about being new. If you want to open, you'll need a Bible. Anybody need a Bible? We got some in the back. We can... Anybody, if you raise your hand, we'll give, we'll, there's one up here, one over here. Anybody else? 1st scripture we'll be looking at um, is 2nd Corinthians chapter 5. And uh, if you follow along in the bulletin and the outline, we've got some other scriptures for you there. So there's, there's several elements that occurred to me this week as I was reflecting on this, of being made new. Number one is that we are made new at salvation by Jesus Christ. We are made new. That's what salvation is all about. Turning to Christ at his invitation and receiving him as Savior allows us to be forgiven, for our sins to be washed away. There's that language throughout the Bible. Our sins are washed away. And we're cleansed. Our souls are cleansed. And we are made new. 
That's the turning point. And for most people, at the moment of accepting Christ as Savior, they, they experience that something has changed. It's hard to put into words. Other people don't even recognize it until it's in the rearview mirror a little bit, and they realize that something has changed. And what has changed is that we have gone from being um, dirty with sin to being cleansed by the work of Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about his blood that he shed on the cross washes away our sins as we, as we accept his invitation. Galatians chapter 6, I printed this for you. Verses 14 and 15 says, Far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, there's nothing that we can do to earn this being made new. By which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. When we accept Christ as Savior, we're made new because we die to ourselves. Our sins are, are forgiven. We're cleansed from our sin. And we turn our life over to him. Verse 15, for neither circumcision counts for anything, that is external religious things, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. It's not just that Jesus makes us better people. It's that he makes us different people. We're a new creation. And then open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning with verse 14. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ com controls us, because we have concluded this, that one died for all, Jesus, and therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Jesus died so that we don't have to die for our sin. Jesus died in our place to take our sins on himself so that we can be forgiven, so that we don't go to hell. And, but in order to experience that, we have to die to ourselves. We have to turn. That's what repenting is. 180 degree turn. We died. We were no longer focused on our culture. We're no longer focused on, our, our, on our, following our sins. We're focused on following him. And we're forgiven. We're cleansed. Verse 16. He says, And now, now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. The externals. We're not, he says, we're not looking at externals. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him no longer. So it's not the externals. It's not doing enough to please God. And that's what religion is. And many of you grew up in those kinds of places where it's about doing enough to keep God happy. It's about doing enough to make sure that you're okay. It says none of those externals matter. Verse 17 he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. He is a new creation. It's not that you've been rebuilt. It's not that you've been retreaded. It's not that you've been repainted. It's now that you are new. A new creation. Why? The old has passed away. All of the sin and selfishness and everything that... that bound you to go to hell has been forgiven and you've been washed clean you're not second class citizen you're a full member of the family of God the old has passed away and the new has come a new nature 180 degree turn born again is not a flippant term that Jesus just happened to throw out in John chapter 3. It describes what happens. We talked about a new baby and, um, and baptism candidates who are participating in the symbol of that newness and there's something powerful that occurs. We're made new. Another element, number two, is that we're being made new as we follow Jesus Christ. This is, 
discipleship. This is following Christ. So we're made new at salvation, but then from that point on, we're being made new. Now here's where your brain can hurt. Because everything that we're familiar with when after the uh, it starts out new but then begins to deteriorate that's the world that we live in that's what we're familiar with but god's design is that at the point of being made new born again as we go forward in following christ we actually get newer and i don't even know how to wrap my mind around that because you, you think about the examples that we gave. Randy said, uh, did you say a new car? I, I looked it up. The day that you buy a new car and drive it off the lot, it deteriorates or depreciates. <laughs> well, it does deteriorate. <laughs> it depreciates 20 to 40%. It doesn't get newer it gets less valuable. A newborn comes in the world and begins to die. Headed towards no longer being around, right? As cute as they are, they grow up and become teenagers and everything changes. <laughs> um, the first snowfall, it's beautiful. It doesn't take any time before it starts getting ugly, does it? The dirt, the nastiness, the salt, all that stuff. What else would we say? All the new possessions, new pair of tennis shoes, doesn't take long till the treads start getting worn and they start getting dirty. And um, What else did we say? Fresh coat of paint is nice for a while and then somebody comes along, nicks it, kids draw on it. New box of crayons, you start using them and somebody comes along, tears the paper off of them. And the point gets worn down and they're never quite the same again. Everything that we are familiar with is deteriorating, depreciating, headed towards um, getting old. But here what we find in scripture, it's just the opposite with Jesus. Our souls, he says, I don't know how you get newer. I, I, I don't have language for that. I don't understand it. All I know is the scripture says it. Be, we're being transformed. We're being made newer. Je Listen to me. Jesus didn't come just to make our lives better. Amen. He came to transform us more and more into the image of himself. And so that's why when we sing the song, the longer I serve him, the sweeter it grows. It's because, you know, those newlyweds. I, I, I have mixed emotions when I see newlyweds. On the one side, it's wonderful and, you know, everything's, you know, new and they go on a honeymoon and, and, and you just know. <laughs> Reality's coming, right? And it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's not new anymore. And the paint is no longer fresh. And it begins to wane. But in Christ, it's exactly the opposite. Because when sin came in Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve sinned, it turned everything upside down and everything began to deteriorate. When Jesus came and died and rose again, ascended to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit, he re he's begun to reverse that so that all will be made new. Look at the scriptures. Open your Bible to Colossians chapter 3, beginning with verse 9. And here he's, he's talking to those who have already been made new by salvation. So they've accepted Christ the Savior. And, and um, sometimes what you hear talked about is salvation, accepting Christ as Savior is, is kind of the end goal. In reality, born again means it's the beginning. Amen. And so as you accept Christ and you're made new, that's the beginning of being made newer and newer and newer. Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 to 10. Do not lie to one another. Why? Because that's the old way of life. 
saying that you put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which, so the new self, that new self that happened on the inside, in your soul, you've been forgiven, you've been made new, is being renewed. It's being, it's in the process of getting newer and newer, transformed into the image of Christ, the image of his creator. Already made new, but following Christ makes us newer. And I'm sorry, my brain hurts because I can't, we have no point of reference for that. Ephesians chapter 4, I printed in your bulletin for you, 4, 22 and 20 to 24 says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, being renewed more and more into the image of Christ. Put him on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Following Christ expands the newness so that we are being renewed. And let, so, so let me tell you, this, for those of you that maybe are um, at the beginning of your journey with Christ, if you lean into him, if you surrender and listen and obey, if you walk in step with him, if you're in constant pursuit of this relationship and you're willing to lay aside everything else, I'm telling you, it gets better and better and better. I thought I knew what it was to follow Christ 40, 50 years ago. But now I feel like I, I'm just on the edge of possibilities because it just gets newer and newer. So those of you that are being baptized, understand that this is the beginning of your journey. And understand there's an enemy who will try to keep you from being newer and newer. Fight them off because it's worth the fight. And then number three, the third element is that we will be made new completely at Jesus' return. We will be made new at Jesus' return. So flip to the last um, book of the Bible, Revelation, almost the last chapter, Revelation 21. As we think about Jesus' return, when he will make all things new. Well, he, re he will restore and he will reverse the curse that, that was brought to this world in Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve's sin. And all things will be made new. Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. Instead of just having His Spirit with us, we will be surrounded by His presence with nothing in between, nothing hindering, no temptations. He will dwell with them and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. All things perfectly new. We can make progress in this life and there's joy and there's satisfaction. There is no greater pleasure than walking with God, being in this intimate relationship with Him. There is no greater pleasure. But it's just a taste. It's just... A, a, a drop on your tongue compared to what we will experience when Jesus returns and makes all things new. Perfect restoration. As I was preparing this morning, I, um, there's a movie called The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Anybody ever seen that? And it's, it's the story of, of uh, a child that was born as an elderly man and, and as he grows, he reverses and, until he, he gets newer and newer and newer and newer. And I find it fascinating that the secular world has that same longing. I mean, wh who would ever think about that? 
It's because that's what we long for. We long for that newness, becoming new. So that's why the baptism people have, we've given them t-shirts that say made new. So let's talk about baptism. So we're made new at salvation. We're being made new as we walk in this life with him. And we will be made perfectly new on the other side of death or Jesus' return. Baptism, then, is an outward symbol of the inward reality of salvation. Baptism doesn't save us. Baptism doesn't make us new. Rather, it's a step of obedience, an outward symbol of the inward reality. Throughout the New Testament, we see people who are baptized. And in the story with the kids today, the Ethiopian wanted to be baptized. Why? Because it's a part of this, um, this, this uh, journey that we take. So it doesn't make you a Christian, but it symbolizes that we are. Um, in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it's, it, it's, it, he's talking about um, Jesus' death and resurrection. And he says, we were buried, therefore, with them by baptism into death. So when a person goes down into the water, it symbolizes our death and it symbolizes Jesus' death. When that person comes out of the water, it says... Um, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, so when the person comes out of the water, it's a symbol of their new life. And it's a symbol of Jesus' resurrection. So we too might walk in the newness of life, being made new. At Jesus' um, baptism, as he comes out of the water, the presence of the Spirit is there. And, and the description was in trying to describe is like, the, like a dove. And then the voice of the Father, this is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. It was a moment of approval. And, and that's what I've observed in baptism, is it's that moment. It doesn't save us, but there's something spiritually powerful. Because it's a milestone in our lives of obedience, and it, it, it delights the Father. Baptism, I put this in your, some bullet points, de is a declaration to Christ that we're following him. So it's an, it's an outward symbol, a public symbol to say, we have thrown in our lot with Jesus as followers and soldiers of Christ. For him, it's a, it's a, a kind of a, a loyalty oath to Christ that I'm going to follow him and I'm on his side in this cosmic war between God and the enemy. It's a declaration to other Christ followers that we're joining them. So as these people are baptized today, they are publicly declaring, I'm, I'm in this with you as you follow Christ, as we follow Christ together. It's also a de declaration to the world for unbelievers that we're following Christ. We are following Christ. And then this last part is something that, uh, that I have come to understand in, in recent years is that baptism is actually spiritual warfare because it's a, it's a declaration to Christ, to others, to the world, but it's also a declaration to the demonic forces that you're going to be destroyed. You've lost. And so every time a person is baptism, it's a reminder to the devil and all of his forces that they are going to be destroyed. A reiteration of their doom. So that's what we're going to do in a few minutes. Um, but um, I have, I, I always require people to give a verbal commitment to Christ before they're baptized. Because there's something about verbally, even if it's just a phrase, and I, and I, when people are preparing for baptism, I say it can be as simple as, I have decided to follow Christ. It can be that simple. Or it can be a longer testimony. Because there's something that seals it when we say it. So that's what they're going to do in just a few minutes. Um, some of them are scared as a cat on a ladder. You don't have any knee time. Let me just again reassure you, this is family time. This is not a presentation. You're not, you know, forget about your 10th grade speech class when everybody was watching you and grading you. That's not what this is. This is just about sharing your heart. Um, 
So the kids are actually going to come and um, recite scripture, and I, I think they have a prayer that before um, we have the testimonies. All right, when I call your name, I'll ask, um, so just come up and you'll share your testimony. And then after you share your testimony, the kids will give you a card. So Melissa, you want to come up? Sure. Jesus and, and I want to when, when he comes to get me on I want give him all my drawings and you know, I made my drawings just for Hannah Kitty cat very nice and if you if you're friends with Melissa on Facebook you'll see her post over and over again is I love Jesus Amen. I want to give him all my drawings I want to give him a hug yeah. When I when I see him and and, and what, 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 I want to give him all all my drawings. Okay. Very good. And you're and you want to just follow Jesus the rest of your life, don't you? Good. Good. Give a round of applause. All right, Jeannie. Yes, I have the most wonderful thing in my life right now, and that's God. And I appreciate what he has done for me. He has given me a beautiful church to come to and to serve him. He's given me loving, kind people, and I appreciate all that you have done for me. I love all of you. And I love Jesus. Amen. Amen. And Jeannie, well, let me just say, and um, Jeannie had accepted a relationship with God a while back, um, but about a month or so ago, she just wanted to really make sure it was solid. So she came to me and we prayed together. And I think something happened then because you've had a smile on your face ever yeah. since. <laughs> 
Yes. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. Give him another round of applause. You want to you want to pull that out a little bit? Luke Fitzgerald. Many people, when they decide to accept Jesus as their savior, have a time or had a time in their life when they didn't have Jesus as their savior. And they usually have some big turning point in which they realize that they need him and they accept him and they get baptized. I did not have that. For as long as I can remember, I have always believed that Jesus is my savior. Amen. There's never been a time in which he has not been my savior. And I thank my parents for teaching me at such a young age Amen. about The reason I've not been baptized yet is two things. Well, for one, as you probably heard on my mother's testimony, for a while we didn't think baptism was really needed. Like, you could be saved and that was all you really needed to do. Um, but the reason, but mom talked a little more about that in her testimony last year. The reason I have, was not baptized when she was baptized was because I didn't think God really wanted me to be baptized or had anything really to do with me. Hmm. I, uh, I read my Bible every day. I, what did I write now? I read my Bible every day. I try, I tried to ask forgiveness whenever I sinned and you know, did all those things, but I had never heard from God anything back. Like, I never heard the audible voice of him. So I thought, eh, he doesn't, like, really want to talk to me or do anything with me. Like, but I still believed and whatnot. And now I've come to realize that I don't need to hear the voice of God. I don't need to, yeah, I don't need to hear the voice of God in order to proclaim my faith in him and keep trusting in him and walk in step with him. So since that was the only thing keeping me from getting baptized, here I am, and I'm ready to give my life fully to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so before you go, I got to tell you, most of these people here today are jealous of you because you're giving your life at such a young age. You've known him all of your life, and there's so many things that you don't have, you won't ever have to deal with, that the decisions that we made. So we are really proud of you. John Pascarelli. I don't know, should I sit down for this one? Maybe. <laughs> I think I will. Hi, everybody. Um, so around uh, this time last year, uh, I was um, living in uh, subsidized housing, um, and uh, I was going around the, the neighborhood and, um, you know, just going into cigarette receptacles and, you know, um, putting them in bags, you know, and uh, pr bringing them to my uh, apartment and emptying them, you know, and, and smoking them in, in my crack pipe, you know. Um, and then, like, I, I was, I had no righteous ounce of blood in me. And, uh, you know, Jesus came to me, you know, and he, he I, I was just, you know, very desperate. I, I was... And he came to me through a text message from my uncle, you know, and I, it was just, it was time to tell the truth about all the things that I had done, 
you know. Um, and, you know, um, so, I, so Jesus came to me and, and, you know, I was sick. I needed a spiritual doctor. I was spiritually bankrupt. And, um, you know, I, I just, I finally, I, I uh, you know, I, I changed my ways. You know, I um, came to New Song and I, uh, and I was in, in the, um, I was in uh, the program, I'm in the program of AA. And uh, I really uh, just had to just change changed my old ways you know um and um god had provided for me even even when i was using you know god had it was god doing for me what i couldn't do for myself you know um and um i know uh in matthew uh uh 633 uh he says that jesus says that um but first seek uh the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all will be added on to you um, and so he was talking about like, you know, what the food, the food we eat, what we drink, you know, and all this stuff was just provided to me once I started seeking God. And, um, so I just want to thank all of you for keeping the doors open. Thank you. And so you came here and you realized, so God had led you here and, and started leading to him, but you came here and realized Oh, I got to make a 180 degree turn. And you did that. And, and now it's because of Jesus, not because of your efforts, right? Right. Yeah. And we're glad to be a family for you. Yeah. Val? Val Fabe. If you're wondering how to pronounce that, it took me a long time to figure that out. I still, oh, I still got it wrong. How do you pronounce it? Fabi. How did I get Fabe? I don't know. Somebody led me astray. Fa, say it again. Fabi. 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 <laughs> Hi. A million years ago, I um, lost my mother, and I set out on a path that did not include God, and I ran as far from him as feasible, and I sinned greatly. But I always knew that God was there, and he always made his presence known. And so years passed, still wasn't settled, so still wasn't in a church family. And I moved to the South Hills in 2013, and I would pass by the sign on the road every day that I went to work. And what happened was, you know, God said, you know, be part of the church. And I would join online and I continued that for years. And then the pandemic came and I had more of an excuse to stay at home, separated from God and his love and, you know, a family. Well, when Pastor Herb, uh, when Pastor Herb announced that they were going to do a Bible study about experiencing God, the Holy Spirit said, you need to be part of that. And I started coming back to church. And y'all embraced me. And you are my family. And God is my Savior as I live and breathe. I'm so grateful for His presence in my life and for the things that he has shown me and made known to me. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And I, and I love how the Spirit of God pulls and, and attaches and, and speaks to you in, in ways that we don't even know. And so we're so glad that God has entrusted you to be a part of our family. Thank you. You're very welcome. I think they have a card for you there. Michael. 
Michael? No, 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 no. I, we'll just do an interview. Come on. It's okay. That's okay. It's, it's just a conversation. Just pretend these people aren't even here. Yep. Just relax. Because God has worked in this man's life in such powerful, powerful ways. So a couple years ago, um, you, you weren't here, and you were just kind of living your life, right? Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Actually, my mom wanted to come just driving by, and, and uh, she didn't know why. Yep. She didn't even know her denomination or what. Right. But something was just drawing her, which we all know that was God. Right. Right. And so you being a, a, and you being a loving son, you decided mm-hmm. to come with her, and and then you arrived, and you started hearing about God, mm-hmm. and you came to my office, and we talked for a while, and then you went through some medical issues, mm-hmm. and God showed up, yep, right, and and did a miraculous healing in your life, and as but but here's here's what I observe. I don't even know if you realize this. What I observed is he went through that medical issue, and we prayed about it, and. And talked about who God is, and um, we prayed together. Is that as He was going through that, and God was working through that, He was also working on your heart. Yes. Because through that, He was revealing He was there. Yes. And in in the midst of all that, correct me if I'm wrong. You, you really did turn to Him and say, "Okay, God, I give my yes. life to You." I always thought I was a follower, but I think I realized I wasn't as much as I thought mm-hmm. once I came at. I think I've risen to new levels, mm-hmm. and, yep. I want to, and I still want to keep rising higher. That's right. And that's that's right. part of what this is all about today is the, is a new beginning. Yep. So yep. I'm, on, I'm on God's team. That there you go. That's it. That's it. You hear that? That's your family. That's your family. Thank you. Now, if you rem- if you were here a year ago, you remember he was supposed to be baptized last year. But he was in the middle of all of that medical stuff, and he, he was too sick to come. And it's given you another year of experiencing God. Yes. And so you're even firmer in, as you stand here and say, I want to follow Christ. I love how God works. Too. Yeah. See, that wasn't so bad, was it? Nope. You made it through. <laughs> Alex? There we go. Uh, hello, um, Alexander Wright. Um, forgive me, I'm not, not very, don't really do a public service. Like, you know, I don't talk in front of a large crowd. Um, I was here a very long time ago as a young child. I had a lot of problems back then with anger and I could not control my an- or emotions. Some of you may recognize me, but obviously I have changed since I was a little kid, both physically and mentally. My anger is no longer a part of me. Uh, Recently, I have come off all of my prescribed medication. That is no longer part of me. I don't have depression. I don't have anger. And that's that's after you came, returned to God, right? Yeah. That's that's a deliverance. this, This stuff has really... I could spend all day up here talking to you guys. That's my job. I know. <laughs> I know, but I'm just talking about my personal stories. But just a quick rundown. I was years ago at my old house before my family had to move because of uh, stuff we're not gonna, I'm not going to get into. If you know my family, you probably do know it. Um, but... I was going through a time where I was starting to have maybe a little bit of doubts. Does God actually exist? But one certain night after a certain event that took place in my house that I did not witness, I saw the aftermath of what I can only imagine was a angel going through the house because this entity of pure white light, it was nothing I could not explain. I could not explain it as anything other than an angel because it lit up a completely dark room. This white light was just the most amazing thing I had ever seen. And right then and there, I was like, oh, I guess 
I can't explain that as anything else. That has to be an angel. God has to be real. And ever since then, I've always, I, I've definitely, I've focused more on God. And then when I started my new job, or my first job, frankly, at a Eden Park, I met two people, people, um, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's all right. They made an impact on my life. But knowing how they are, and I just, it made me sad. I don't want to get into that because just, once again, I could be here all day. After a while, I started a new job at the same time, doing security overnight. And being a people person, I just started talking to God while I was doing my rounds, being completely isolated. And eventually I started talking to God about my two friends. Though it wasn't an actual voice, I asked God some questions on things I should or should not do, whether or not I should tell them some of the stories that I have seen and I have witnessed and I have dealt with. And two hours later, I saw a shooting star, and that was what I took as God telling me, no, I should not tell my stories to them at the moment. And every time I come in here, I, I sign the blue card for those two, because they mean so much to me. <laughs> Though I uh, would have loved to have them here today, they are honestly doing something that I've helped them with. I donated a considerable amount of money to them for a fundraiser, not really fundraiser, but it's uh, for a disease that the one sister has been suffering with her whole life. I donated, I did the whole amount that they asked for, which was just $250. But I have cracked the armor of the one, and I hope I can finish what I need to do with them. Amen. Jesus, I dedicate my life to you. Amen. 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 Hang on just a second. Um, I've gotten very um, kind of strong with people who want to be baptized because it's such a serious moment. And uh, so Alex and Bill and I were talking a few weeks ago and um, I asked Alex, are you committed to following Christ the rest of your life? And, and he, without hesitation, he said, that's what he wants to do. Um, and, that, and so what I've seen over the last months as you've been coming is every week there's a little bit difference. You know, and I, don't, I don't know all that it is, but now that you said you've been able to get off that medication, you've been able, and God's given you a heart for lost people, um, yeah, that's just evidence. Um, so as you go forward, God's going to keep pulling you and pulling you. Beware, the enemy is going to come after you too. So give another round of applause. Bill, I have some cards for you. You get up. Yeah, I'm not giant, sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Thank you very much. Good morning. I'm going to tell you two stories. One will involve Alex to a point that I think really kind of shaped him into what he is right now. When he was born in 1995, there was some complications at the birth but they weren't major from what the doctors were telling us. It's just normal. Some things go sometimes wrong, but he's okay. So we were there with him all day. He was fine. And three in the morning, I get a call. He's been rushed to intensive care, and they don't know why. They had to put oxygen on him. They had, I mean, he looked like, he, it, it was just horrible how he looked. I got there at 5 in the morning. We went down and looked at him. I was just absolutely stunned that I saw this healthy little kid 
eight hours ago, and here he is fighting for his life. And so when that happened, Pam, one of our most beloved people we have, came to New Song and she said, you know, we need to have a prayer. And so we were absolutely amazed. In three days, the doctors had no clue, had no reason, no rhyme. He was cured. Hmm. He was just, and the, I, I looked at the doctor and I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I don't know, and sometimes this happens. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like no, 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 that doesn't happen that way. And so we took him home, and then that December, we took him to the new song, um, Christmas, and you dedicated, uh, not dedicated him, you... Uh, right, dedicated, yeah. Is it? Okay, mm -hmm. okay, you dedicated him at yeah, Christmas time, which is, I think this is all coming together, because mm. we're coming back to now, he's going to be baptized by you, which mm. is a very great thing. Mm. And then, when I, we got him home, he still had a in his voice, and you, and you just, I don't know what it was, it was just scary to hear it. But then, I had a major back injury at the time, and I was just in complete pain, I was on painkillers, I was, it was just in a rough space. And I couldn't sleep in my bed, I had to sleep on the couch. So I had to roll out of the couch and force myself up to get up whenever I had to do it. Well, I got up one night, I don't know why I got up, but I got up, and I'm like, okay, let's go check on Alex. I go in there, and the whole room is covered in a white cloud. My first thing is, is to fire. Hmm. I run in, and I feel great. There's no more pain. I'm not scared, there's a fire, there's nothing. And I'm looking around, and I look at Alex, and he's breathing normally. He has a smile on his face, and this cloud just lifts up very gently, goes right out the window. I'm like, I'm looking at him, and he's not, he doesn't have that hisp anymore. He's just smiling, looking at me, and I'm like, wow, this is absolutely amazing. And one of my ex-wife's real good friends was a minister, and she said that was the Spirit of God coming down, mm -hmm. showing you that he is here and he is willing to do whatever it takes to get you to come to him. And I did. And I was like, unbelievable what happens. I mean, so I was able to, you know, actually within two weeks I was able to go back to work. My back was not hurting anymore. He was doing great. It is like, wow, can he do things for you when you just, you know, you can't believe it. But then we got away from church for a good while. And I remember, I, I, I don't know what woke me up, but I had this great fear. I got up, I was shaking, I was so upset. And I looked at my television, which was, because I was sleeping in another room, because of my back again, but there's a big screen TV, and all these eyes are looking at me. They're just staring at me, and I just, I mean, I was just so scared, and I haven't been to church, you know, how long, and I just said, God, can you please help me? Like, I don't know what to do. Like, God, please help me. And then within, uh, you couldn't, even after I said, can you help me, Michael came down. The angel Michael was standing right next to me, eight feet tall, golden armor, he was just huge. And I'm looking up at him, and he looks at me and goes, God never forgets. He will be with you forever. Just ask. And he pulled out his sword, and he went, and he said something in a language I have never heard before, so, and they're gone. But the light was so bright, it woke Alex up, and he comes into my, and the way the house was, fixed, you can't get light to his room. There's no way it's going to get to his room. But it got to his room. He gets up and he comes into me and he goes, what was the light? I said, you're not going to believe it. It's Michael. He was here. He said, and I told him what happened. And he's going, that's amazing, Dad. 
And then the ex-wife comes out and she goes, well, what are you guys doing? You're waking me up. And I, and I told her what happened. She, she's a born-again Christian, but she didn't believe me. You could tell when somebody doesn't believe you what happens. And I'm like, well, it happened. And this is why I have become a better person. And I've brought Alex with me. We're trying to work on the daughter, <laughs> which is she has lost mm -hmm. her way. And we're hoping that she comes back to us. You know, and this is why I want to dedicate my life to God. Because I need a good purpose in life to help me become a better human being through him. And that's what I want to And he wants to transform you. Yes. Yep. Yes. Great. <laughs> Nina? I told her she was bad in cleanup, so. <laughs> Here, just give me the box. Yeah. That about right? I practiced all week, didn't cry, I was perfectly fine, and then I get here today and I'm a just. It's okay. Sloppy mess. Spirit, Spirit of God. So, um,. I was, or am grateful enough that my parents who are here today mm -hmm. um, raised me in the church and brought me up um, as a great Christian and taught me the, the spirit and the word of God. And um, that is why I think that in um, May 2001, I was able to hear God nudging me to change my life. And I had to do some extraordinary life altering changes. And I think back to the two people who were here today supporting me and the conversations I had with them surrounding that time in my life and what was going on. Um, and the changes that I was making, and, and everyone was real proud of me because I was looking better, I was feeling better, I was more independent, I was making these great relationships. And um, I remember, um, you know, Nikki asking me, you know, what what do you think is motivating you? And I, and I remember telling her, I think it's God. God is preparing me for something really bad. Mm. And he was. Mm. And, um... That's when my husband passed away, um, mm. December 27th, 2001. 2021. 21, 2021. Yep. Um, very suddenly in, um, in our bedroom in my hands. Um, but what I can and feel comfortable with is looking back at how God was there with me all along the way, preparing me for the hardest part of my life. Hmm. And what came right after that was Katie, who I've known for over 10 years, reached out to me and invited me here. And it was amazing. And, and she's invited me in the past. And I, you know, I live just a block away. And, and I was like, no, no, it's okay. But when she invited me after John died, I um I took her up on it because I felt that nudge and and I've been here ever since and I've made relationships with pe people that are incredible and friendships with people like Candace and and it's just been such a strong bond with this church and with the fellowship here and this is where I I know I'm meant to be. Amen. Amen. I know you're not a hugger, <laughs> but I can't help it. I, and I got to tell you, we're just so proud of you because there are a lot of people who will go through those kind of circumstances and, and get angry at God, but you're able to recognize his presence in the middle of it and that he's continuing to lead you. And so we're really proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. Give her another round of applause. Every story is unique, but every story is the same.
And it's the same because God reaches into every life. Reaches into every life just where we need it to reveal himself, to pull us to himself. And what you've heard are people who are just saying yes. Because God is always reaching. He, and, he, and he loves us. Lord, we give you praise because we know every one of these stories is about you and your work um, and, and people just allowing you to do your work. God, we thank you for your incredible love that caused you to sacrifice your own son so that we can live. I, I pray that through these testimonies and through the word that we've shared today, um, that you would reach into our lives and make us newer and newer and newer um, and help us just cooperate with it. We give ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we go, I